We have an opportunity today to prioritize how things are going to look like as we enter into the season, uh, busy season for most. But first, I have a question. We're going to start this new series, and in order to prepare, I wonder what are one, two, or three words that you would like others to describe you as? If you were to choose one, two, or three words that you would like others to describe you as, what, what would you choose? Just think about it. You don't need to shout it out loud. I, I bet that some of us would, would say something like kind. We'd want others to think that though we are kind, considerate, strong, firm, confident. Anybody? There's this one word that has been stuck with me, and it's this word that I believe we should prioritize as we follow Jesus, and it teaches us how we come together as a church. It's this word, devoted. This word devoted, I think, is kind of rare today. Think about it. One definition is determined, steadfast, loyal, true, devoted. What is the opposite of devoted? Flaky, noncommittal, that person, not devoted. Man, we don't want to be, I don't want to be known as I'll speak for myself. I want to be seen as someone that's devoted. This word is so cool because you don't need to be talented. You don't need to have any sort of gift to be devoted. We all can choose to be devoted. Devoted to what? That's what we're here to talk about. We're going to be looking at the beginning of the church, the first church gathering for the next four weeks, starting with this week, how it teaches us to be devoted to the things that God says matter most. When we are devoted in these things, we will excel in life as followers of Jesus, devoted. This first church is really interesting because uh, I picture a lot of people that have their stuff together coming together and in worshiping Jesus, being far along in their faith walk. But the reality is, is that the first gathering, the first church gathering was actually really chaotic. It was kind of wild. See, the, the setting is Jesus has just lived for 33 years. He spent three years with close followers, and then they thought that he was going to bring about a new kingdom and he was gonna stay to rule forever. So his followers were so uh, honored to, to walk with him and thought that they were gonna be a part of this new government that was gonna start ruling. Well, that changed when Jesus suffered, died on the cross, and was buried. That was a shock to some of these Followers. They weren't expecting him to go away. They thought he was going to stay, but he didn't stay dead. He rose again on the third day, and then they thought, he's, he's, he's good now. He defeated death. Now he's not going anywhere. Well, he ascended into heaven. Acts chapter 2 is where we hear of the first church gathering, and right before then, it was about 120 or so. They did as Jesus told them. They, they met in this upper room. They didn't know what was gonna happen, but God said, hey, I'm gonna send a helper. I'm gonna send my very spirit to come upon you 
And then you're going to see what happens. These 120 people were empowered by God's Holy Spirit. And thus, the first church gathering began. One other little note is I want you to think about who was here. We have the Marys who, who stayed devoted to Jesus all the way to the end. They were there at the cross. They were the first at the tomb. I mean, these were devoted women of God. But then there were others, like Peter, who spent three years walking with Jesus, was in his inner circle, and then ended up denying Jesus, after, if you remember, actually cutting some dude's ear when Jesus was being arrested. So he was all high and mighty, but then he denied Jesus three times. And it's interesting that it is Peter who God uses as his mouthpiece at the beginning of the church. We're gonna be looking at Peter some, but let's read this Narrative. We're gonna be in Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47 for the next four weeks, learning how to be devoted. After Peter preached, verse 42 says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers and awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their day those who were being saved. That is the first church gathering. Whoa unexpected, a group of 120, after Peter preached, turned into a group of 3,000, explosive growth, and the key then is, let's be devoted, let's be devoted. How does this passage teach us to be devoted? Well, there's four things that I see that we'll be looking at the next four weeks. The first one is today, we'll be looking at how to be devoted as we gather, how to be devoted to gather in as his church, how to literally do what we're doing right now. We're doing one just by sitting here and, and watching online. We're gathering as his followers. The first one, the second one is to grow, to grow up, to grow in our vertical relationship with Jesus, to, to understand him more and to also surrender to him more, our stuff, the stuff that weighs us down, the sins and the wounds that we carry with us as we surrender those to him, as we understand who he is and who he's calling us to be, we grow up in our faith, but we're not only called to individually grow up, we're also called to give to. That's horizontally, that's to us, the body. We're called to give to one another our, 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 our gifts. And it talks about this passage. We, we give our possessions. If someone has a need, you, you fill that need by giving. And also, we are called to go, to go out. Not only love those that are inside, but go out with the agape love of Jesus Christ and share that love with anyone who is ear, hear, ears to hear. That's how we learn to be devoted from the first church gathering. This morning, we'll talk about gathering. We're doing it. There are two uh, groups of people that I think 
about uh, in terms of devotion. One is was my family. My family has been devoted to me my, my entire life. I'm really grateful for them. They're in amazing. Uh, mom and dad, my, my brother and my sister, my extended family got a lot of uh, primos and, and others uh, that, that have been devoted. I love when we are able to get together. We're spread around all the United States, both coasts, so it's, it's rare. But when we do, it's fun. So that's the first one. The second is this family of believers called Cypress Creek Church. See, 28 years ago, there was a gathering at Rob Campbell's living room in Wood Creek Drive of people that were imperfect. They showed up. They gathered authentically. They knew that, that there wasn't anything special about them, but they came to worship the one perfect one, Jesus Christ, and they were expectant to whatever he wanted uh, uh, them to do the first gathering of Cypress Creek Church. I came along when I was 18 as a freshman at Texas State University, wanting other things for my life, wanting to define success uh, by the world's standards, wanting to be liked by others. And, and then I, I met somebody who was a part of this church that invited me to a gathering. It actually wasn't this Sunday morning gathering, it was our small group gathering. We call them community groups. And it was in that community groups where I realized this church is authentic. We're talking about real people. So the first point is, in order to be devoted, we need to gather authentically. We need to be real. We need to just be us. However you are, I hope you feel that freedom in this place. If you're not sure about Jesus or you're not following Jesus, I hope you feel the freedom to gather. It was that, sense of belonging that then taught me how to really surrender my life and believe that Jesus is one. See, I'm gonna be real with you guys. I did not want anything to do with church at 18. I knew it all. I didn't need church. Anybody else there when they were 18, 19? Maybe you're there now at, you know, however old you are. But, but you don't need church. I don't need church. Church is an institution, a man-made thing full of hypocrites, full of people that hurt other people. I've seen that enough in my life. And so I thought, I'm not going to join. I'll do the community group thing. I'll show up with this group of people. Well, God's so good, he doesn't keep us there. He showed me my pride and my arrogance of how I was somehow calling, you know, a hypocrite when I was a hypocrite myself. See, this is the problem with the church. If we're called to be authentic, that means that we need to be okay not being okay. We need to be okay being imperfect and relying on the perfect Savior. See, we all have church hurt because church hurt is people hurt. And it's a mystery how God wants to use imperfect people for his perfect purposes, yet it was by design. See, at the beginning, this first church gathering, it wasn't all of these know-it-alls. In fact, there were 15 different nations from uh, a different culture, speaking different languages, coming together to Jerusalem to celebrate the festival of Pentecost, this festival where they brought an offering from their fields. It was a harvest that they then brought offerings to the temple. 15 different nations. I have a map that shows where they were coming from. These were Jews that were spread around all over in the first century. They were gathered in Jerusalem. They didn't come to listen about Jesus. They just happened to be there. They knew that there was a place that they could belong. 
after they belonged, they believed. In Acts chapter 2, we read Peter before uh, the church in, in verse 37 of Acts 2 says, and when they heard what Peter had to say, when they heard Peter preach about the gospel of Jesus Christ, that there's no way that we could earn our way to God, that grace is a free gift from God that no one could earn. They were cut to the heart. Have you ever had that happen in your life? We hear something and you're like, I can't deny what I just experienced the Holy Spirit cutting us to the heart. And, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? How do we respond? How, what do we do now that we've been changed forever? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. They gathered first, then they believed, and then came the behavior change. In our society, we're expecting people to behave before they believe. All over the place, we have a serious issue with other people's behavior. And there's a lot of bad behavior out there, so we should have some issues. But the problem is when we turn against that person. See, we're all imperfect. And those of us that know that we need rescue in Jesus Christ should be the ones that say, hey, there's a place for you to belong here. It's called the church, and it's imperfect. We're not gonna get it right all the time, but join us as we pursue the only perfect one, Jesus Christ. This church is authentic. It is real. We are a group of people that recognize those imperfections and pursue the perfect Savior, Jesus Christ. In 1 Thessalonians 2, 8, uh, uh, Paul encapsulates what I believe uh, we have done for 28 years incredibly well as a church. He writes, we loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives as well. See, we share from this stage every Sunday the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is only one way to God, the most exclusive way, but it is the most inclusive message because he came for all. He came and he died not to condemn anyone, but to actually rescue us from the consequences of our sins. That's why he came. He came for all. And as we proclaim that message of the good news, we also have the amazing privilege to share life with one another. We get to share the, 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 the hard stuff and, and, and the sad stuff, but also the, the, the happy things that happen to us in life. We share those and it builds us up. That's how we're called to gather, gather authentically. The second is to gather consistently. Now, I know what you're thinking immediately. He's talking about attendance. He's talking about showing up on Sunday morning. He's, uh, uh, Jose's going to start taking attendance of some sort. I'm going to take a little selfie and see, oh, those seats were empty. Who's where so-and-so? You know, I've been doing this for about a year and almost two years now. January will be two years. And it's awkward when I see people on, on this, on this, you know, just in town, they're like, yeah, we haven't been to church because, you know, so, so I'm like, I don't know whether you're in church or not. I hate to bring that up, but I don't notice about attendance. It's like when in student ministry, I'd walk around in, in at the, the cafeteria and students would come, I can't come to community group today because athletics and stuff. And I would say, you know what? I do care if you show up because if, if you show up, then, then, then that adds something to the group when, when, when you show up. But 
your attendance doesn't matter as much as my care for you does. There's no, uh, there's no, uh, um, what's the word? Conting- nothing that's contingent. There's, uh, there's no condition to us belonging as a body of Christ. We should be consistent because when we're not here, others miss out. Yeah, you miss out on, on being here and worshiping the Lord in, in, in Psalm, but also others miss out because God wants to use you to build up his church. We need to show up consistently. Sean last week did an amazing job talking about how to comfort others. And he said a few things that really stood out. One is that we don't have time these days. Schedules are incredibly busy, but we make time. We get to choose what our priorities are. And so I would encourage you to make that a priority. We have freedom to gather in this place, not something to take for granted. We are grateful to be able to come and worship the name of Jesus with no fear. So let's gather and see what God does as we meet consistently, show up. That's one side. And then Sean also said, show up and and be present. See, because when we're actually present, we're open to what God does. And Acts 2.46 says that, and day by day, so forget about one uh, uh, Sunday morning, they were meeting daily. They attended the temple together. That's the corporate gathering. That would be this Sunday morning gathering in breaking the bread in their homes. That's our community groups that meet in different homes in all the surrounding cities. And uh, they receive their food and with glad and generous hearts. So, so we're talking about getting together on Sunday morning, yes, and also getting together in smaller groups because that's where the good stuff takes place. That's where we can get into the nitty gritty of what is going on in life. That's where we get to share with others. Hebrews 10 verses 23, 25 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love in good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So being devoted to gather means we need to gather consistently. I don't know if you're in a community group. I don't know if you're in some small group of some sort, but I would really, really encourage you. This is awesome. We should invite folks to come and and, and experience Sunday morning. It's incredible. But again, community group is what changes life. It's what changed my life. It's where I went from all of this uh, uh, cynicism in my faith of not wanting to believe, thinking that there was some greater thing above trying to control and manipulate me into behavior modification and all these other things. It was through that small group that I realized (laughs) they're just like me. We're all trying to figure it out. There's only one perfect one in the Holy Spirit that is working, stirring up one another toward love and good deeds. I'm so grateful that God changed my heart and he did it through community group. Sandy and uh, Daryl Vasquez started a community group about a year ago. We asked them to answer some questions on a video and this is what they said. I'm Sandy Vasquez and we decided to start leading a community group last year, so about a year ago. How has being devoted to your community group changed you? I think uh, when you go to church, sometimes it's like 
it's easy to just walk in the back, sit in the back seat, like sing the songs. It's it's easy to get filled up for the week and then just leave and feel like, oh, I just did that for myself. But when you're part of a group and people actually have like specific needs, whether it's financial or prayer or something that their kid needs, um, that their kid's going through, then it just requires more of you. So it's actually like you working as the body of Christ. The community group has been that way for us, just being able to know that we can easily just jump on the phone and people just start throwing stuff on our doorsteps or food and clothes and especially through our fostering and COVID year. Um, you know, it, it makes such a big difference where it's, it, it's, it's hard, it's hard to explain when people give up their time to help you because it's really hard to ask for help from me. But to watch people just do that makes me want to mimic and do the same thing for them. You don't really know like how important your presence is until you join a group and you see them every week. And when you're not there, they're texting you like, are you okay? Is everything going good this week? That people actually know you whether it's the good, the bad, the ugly, people actually know who you are and your presence is powerful. So it's been, it's been an experience because we're all setting the example for each other, loving each other, building each other up. And it's been, it's been good. Yeah, definitely last year, like we had clothes, toys, <laughs> Christmas presents, like stuff showed up on our doorstep. Nah, I don't even know where it all came from because it was just kind of a whirlwind in the past year and a half. But it's like you can just only thank God because it came from somebody. He told somebody that you needed it and it showed up. So I don't know what we would have done without being in a community group. Yeah, and that's a big question. You know, what are we here for if we're not helping other people? If we're not finding a purpose on what the gift that God has given us is take a leap of faith and then watch watch God work and be amazed. They were devoted to gathering. They were devoted to start a community group. And if you're not in one, we have a, a list of community groups that you can check out. Feel free to go to a community group, no strings attached. Go to another community group. Find the best one for you. But let's not go at this alone I love our Tuesday community group, and I'm gonna be real with you. Sometimes come 7 p.m. on Tuesdays, I don't wanna go. Stuff is on my mind, I feel tired. I, I just don't wanna go today. You ever felt that? Maybe you felt that this morning before you came to church. I don't wanna go. But the feeling that comes after is so faithful. God always reminds me, man, so glad that you went. Why? Because when we gather, God moves. He is using you, your story, your personality, your life circumstance to bless others, to be a part of this beautiful mosaic that he is building called his church. The last point is in order to do, uh, gather devoted, uh, devotedly, let's do so knowing Knowing is something that we have here. We know information. We know certain things. But I'm talking about this knowing in here. 
From the beginning, the author of the church wasn't good behavior. The author of the church wasn't this certain people group. The author of the church was the Holy Spirit of God who lives inside of us. And when we gather, what we're saying is we yield to you, Holy Spirit. What do you want to teach us? What do you want to do? What do you want to move in us? What do you want to change in us? We give the Holy Spirit authority. I think of Peter. What Peter must have felt after he preached this sermon, uh, I, I do feel a sense of uh, understanding maybe in the irony of how God used Peter because I shared with you that I was cynical. I, I didn't trust, you know, this thing called the church and yet, hello, here I am. What? That's what God does. He redeems and he restores and he sanctifies us as we surrender to him. And, and Peter, before, when he was walking with Jesus, Jesus was asking his disciples, who do people say I am? And, and Peter replies in verse 15 of uh, Matthew chapter 16, uh, Jesus says, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar Jonah. When we're in trouble, you know, our parents sometimes say our full names, like, ¿Cómo puede ser posible, José Gabriel Like, this is the, the good side. This is him, like, way to go, you got it, yes. Now, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, you are Cephas, you are rock, and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail it. Three things as we close. Uh, commentators have all of these, th these three things that they say upon this rock. What is that rock? Well, some say Peter. He was the first uh, a true pope. The Catholic Church recognizes him as the leader. So he's saying that it's just for Peter and that's it. Well, I say, yes, it is Peter. God used Peter to start the church. We saw that in Acts chapter two. Also, it's the faith that Peter is saying. He's saying, hey, I, I'm, I'm speaking this out in faith. It wasn't anybody that told me. It was the Father and the rock is our cornerstone, Jesus Christ, who we have faith in. It's not in our abilities. It's in who he is. And as we gather, we want God to build something in us and around us. First Peter 2, 4, 5, Peter then goes on and he says this, as you come to him, the living stone, so that's Jesus, who is rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also like living stones, that's you and me, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Cypress Creek Church, let's continue to be devoted to gather. Gather authentically, being who we are. Gather consistently and also gather knowingly. It's all about him. It's all about knowing him and allow him to move through us. And I wanna close today. I, I sometimes uh, forget why we sing and worship I'm just being real with you guys and in my doubts and all this stuff, like why, why do we sing and worship? Uh, last week was a really good reminder for me. I was uh, sitting right there and boom, the song, I can't tell you what it was, but it just, it just hit me, it cut 
uh, me to the heart, and I felt this release. And there's this song that's been playing in my head repeatedly called Build My Church. And I think it does a great job talking about why, why we come together and why do we even uh, uh, worship out loud? Like, why do these things happen? That's because when we do gather, the Holy Spirit reminds us of who he is and what he's doing around us. And, and I wanna encourage you, you are a living stone that God is using to build something for his kingdom and for his glory. He's using you. And when we come together, we see that building, that edification, that growing of his body here in Wimberley and St. Marcus and Driftwood and Dripping Springs and Kyle in Canyon Lake all over. Do you wanna be a part of that? I do. So let's stand up. We're gonna sing this new song and ask God to do something beautiful among us.